My name is Ryan Luke Winslade and I am a PK and middle child. I know what it's like to be a misfit, an oddball, a weirdo, but I'm okay with that. If you're like me, you are most certainly welcome. Even if you're not, you'll hopefully enjoy yourself here on Pastor's Middle Kid anyway. We'll talk about stuff and look at things a little differently. Alright, let's get started. G'day and welcome to another episode of Pastors Metal Kid, episode number 60. My name is Ryan Luke and I am your host, in case you haven't realized. It's great to have you listening. This week on the podcast, I have my friend Jake Blankers returning six months after his debut. Uh, this also happens to be his final one for now. Uh, because he is at the end of his discipleship training school, or DTS, with Youth with a Mission Newcastle, or YWAM Newcastle. Jake has just gone back from an outreach in Papua New Guinea and Byron Bay, so we get to hear all about his experiences in sharing the gospel and, uh, and helping ministries that are already work in those places. I found it to be a very encouraging talk, and I trust you will as well. Well, let's get into this week's edition of Unanswered Questions. My question this week is a social question uh, that borders on philosophical and existential and psychological all at once. Now, I've noticed this habit among people of my generation, that is the millennials, uh, as well as the younger ones, the inability to do a common task without having some kind of stimulus. For me, I often listen to podcasts in my spare time. It's kind of a substitute for watching television because I, I don't do that. But I have noticed that a number of people listen to music uh, not only when they are doing things like studying and stuff, which may be to drown out uh, distractions and other stuff, though I found music with singing in it to be extremely distracting when I'm trying to focus on what I'm doing because I want to sing along and my internal monologue gets all tripped up over itself because I'm trying to think along with the song as well as think uh, to do the task that I have been assigned. Is it to get through the drudgery of everyday activities? Um, because I myself have an appreciation for music and, and other things like that, so I understand the appeal. But the need to have it at all times. Has our generation lost the ability to sit in silence? Has our generation lost the art of thinking? Do, do we believe that we need to have something to do? We need to have some task to be productive or something? Uh, and that thinking is merely a waste of time because we've become so time obsessed. I, I don't know. These are the questions that are going through my head this week and I have no answer. This week's listener of the week is the one and only Jeremy Barry Randall. He has been a consistent listener as well as guest on Pastor's Middle Kid 
and he is an overall legend. This week in music is Search the City's album A Fire So Big The Heavens Can See It, which hopefully I haven't put on any of the episodes before now. Regardless, uh, this song playing underneath me is called Son of a Gun, and the song that will play out this episode is Ambulance Chaser. Terrific album. I love the sound of this band, and I trust you will as well. Let's get into this week's interview with Jake Blankers. Have fun. We were as thick as thieves, just like a thief, you stole the best of me. Jake Blankers, welcome back to Pastor's Middle Kid. It's great to have you back from Papua New Guinea and in the hot seat once again. Speaking of things that are hot, what's something exciting that's coming up uh, in the lives of you and your friends uh, yeah. here at YWAM Newcastle? Well, uh, right after we get done here, um, my friend will have to take a hot sauce shower, which is the result of uh, a fun game called What Are the Odds? Uh-huh. So. so What Are the Odds is, is a bit of a, it's a game of chance or chicken or, or odds or odds i guess <laughs> is that too yeah no it's you just so like um for example like what are the odds uh you like hit yourself in the face with your hand and then you'd say mm-hmm. like a, a range of numbers between like one and one and, one and five yeah right and then we go three two one and then we go we go twice but the first time is for you so if we say the same number say we both say mm-hmm. three then you'd have to hit yourself in the face with your hand yeah and then if if uh, if we didn't say like say I said two and you said three, mm-hmm. and we go again. And if we said the same number that time, uh, then I would have to hit myself in the face with my hand. Right. So the the first time is for the person being asked the question. Yes. The yes. second time is for the person asking the question. Right. So if you challenge somebody in this game, there's a chance that you will actually end up having to do what you're challenging them to do. Right. So in that <laughs> way, it's meant to it's meant to dissuade people from being too outrageous. True. Unless you don't really care that Unless much. Unless you don't really care that much. Uh, so in the case of your friend Jeremiah, he um, he must have challenged... Well, I challenged him. I said... Okay. I, it was like a month ago, like in the middle of outreach, and we we had hot sauce or something like that. And I just... We, my team is just known for coming up with really stupid, dumb things where you just... Hey, why don't you do this dumb thing? And usually they say no because it's usually outrageous. But yeah. this time it was just hot sauce. So like, what are the odds you take a hot sauce shower and we get back to Newcastle? He's like, yeah. I don't remember what the odds were, but at the end of the at the end of the time, I won. Wow. <laughs> and he will bathe in hot sauce. So, yep. <laughs> that okay. That redefines the term hot shower. But um, <laughs> walk me through this. What is what is this going to look like? Yeah. So. The terms, so when you play one of the eyes, you have to be very specific with your terms. Right. Or you can, people find loopholes. Like, say, like, mm-hmm. uh, what are the odds you hit yourself with the face of your hand? Well, you didn't specify a time when you need to do it. So you could do it uh, a really long time. And and usually the rule goes... Or, or you could do it really softly. Yeah, yeah, true, right. So you had to be very specific. And mm-hmm. so uh, I laid down a set of rules. Okay. And we talked about it. And I, the rules were, uh, you have to take a, take a shower with hot sauce. Uh, you just dump it wherever you normally would. 
and then kind of rub it in a little bit. And then uh, you have to, once you're done, you, you can't rinse off for an hour. Oh my so goodness. He, ha he has to bask, bask in, in hot sauce for an hour, and then you can take a shower. <laughs> so, and, and uh, we didn't specify on what heat, heat of hot sauce, but yeah. I reckon he's going to get probably the, because we each buy, we each buy three bottles. And so he'll probably get like really not hot sauce sauce and I'll get as hot as I can. Yeah. And then yeah, he'll have to, <laughs> he'll oh have to my shower. So, okay, so does this include shampoo and soap or is this just It's just just, just sauce. hot sauce. And then okay. you can shampoo and soap after the hour. Right, right. <laughs> that, so. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um interesting. I I don't wanna watch it happen. Um <laughs> Because I'm not too interested in watching another man shower, but <laughs> True. I'm interested in in knowing how he feels. And given that my my room isn't well, I mean it's it's a hallway and a staircase away from the showers. I may still hear the reaction. Possibly, possibly, yeah. I'd say. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep an ear out for that for sure. Um, but anyway, Jake Blankers. Hailing from the cornfields of Iowa. Yeah. Um, it is great to have you back on Pastor's Middle Kid. As I mentioned, you were just overseas in Papua New Guinea mm. on your outreach. Yes. So, uh, as a as a rundown of, of how this outreach went, how about you begin by saying where you went and generally what you did in each location over your two and a half months of outreach. Okay. Uh, yeah. So <clears throat> we left outreach for outreach on January 4th. Mm -hmm. um, Which was actually two days after I got engaged. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you had, you had just left for a uh, uh, holiday. Yeah, I yeah. was, I was okay. in Queensland with my that's family. Right. So. That's right, yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, so we, so we left for Byron Bay, which mm -hmm. is like an, an hour or so away from Brisbane on the coast. Mm -hmm. uh, beautiful place. And, uh, yep. We spent time with the the Byron Bay crew, who are really awesome. Mm -hmm. Highly recommend talking to them or just going hanging out with them. Yep. Um, we we started at the end of this program they do called Impact Summer, where they have mm -hmm. uh, different YWAM teams from all over come and uh, kind of do like a, a evangelistic sort of ministry kind of no god for a yeah. couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's I think yeah. it's for the three. Yeah, well, really we came nice. right at the end of mm -hmm. the half end of a week, the end half of <laughs> the last week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, that was cool, and we met some pretty cool people from from uh, New Zealand and other bases. Um, mm -hmm. But we did, yeah, just evangelism, um, evangelism around the Byron Bay, and Byron Bay is an, a pretty awesome place to do evangelism because mm -hmm. everyone's very spiritually open. Yeah. As far as um, yeah, they're there, they're there, they're there to have a good time, and so. Yeah, they'll they'll talk to anyone about anything just so they can kind of just chill. And yeah. so everyone's pretty and there's and it's a vacation place, so no one's in a rush to get anywhere. So they're all just kind of yeah. lax and they'll just walk around. So yeah, we would do this thing called pan chai, which is pancakes and chai, mm -hmm. and we just set up in the park and invite people over. Yep. And our focus of that wasn't to, I mean, it was to indirectly share Jesus with them. Yeah. Is what it is because you don't you don't want to necessarily go into a place and and just straight off like. Hey, we're here to talk to you about Jesus, but you just want to build relationship. I mean, with the direction of the Holy yeah, Spirit, right? Maybe you yeah, could, but yeah, right. Of course. Mm -hmm. But as far as yeah, this is our our whole ministry is just uh, relationally yep. based and just getting to know people. And mm -hmm. 
if they want to know why you're doing it, you just you let them know why yeah. we're there. And just, so it was a really cool time to start off our, our outreach. And then I think mid-January, we left for Papua New Guinea. And uh, it's interesting, our first day there. So we flew, in, we flew into uh, uh, Port Moresby, which is the capital. Mm -hmm. And then we got on a connecting flight to Medang. And we was just you just stop in Medang for like twenty minutes for so they refuel and pick up some other people and then you go to Weewak, which is our final destination. Right. But when we landed in Medang, they turned the engines off and then couldn't 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 get them back on. So we were stuck in Medang. So luckily Medang is like a touristy spot, I guess. So yeah. it has they have some pretty nice resorts and hotels. Mm -hmm. Um and by pretty nice I mean um as far as the third world country nice goes i mean they're very nice but as far as they're, it's not much of a de developed place so sure. it's off but but it was it was awesome so um, you're not expecting the hilton or anything like right that. it's uh, but it was it was pretty close I'd say. okay <laughs> it was pretty it was pretty nice uh yeah well, so you guys got put up in yeah for the for a night yeah wow which was which was a great blessing because yep yeah it was it was it was awesome i, I loved it really but, picking up your cross there on outreach <laughs> it was the first time we had air conditioning overnight oh. Well, for, for me, wow. for the guys, okay. first time we had air conditioning overnight for almost the entirety of hour, which yeah. is pretty sad, but it, it was good. Um, oh, that was the heat of summer too. Yeah. And and going up into the Pacific, oh my goodness. Was yeah. it was it a really hot and sweaty type it's, of It's very experience. humid. It's pretty humid and yeah, it gets very warm. Yeah. Um, luckily, it's kind of like in the rainy season. It's like the beginning of rainy season, so okay. it, it would rain most nights, so it was pretty cool. But sometimes it gets pretty warm. Yeah, I can like 100 percent humidity. Oh my god. 100 percent, 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Like it was just, it was rough. Um, but yeah, we yep. we stopped in Medang for a night, which is awesome. Uh, and then the next day we got up, and went and went when uh, finished our trip to Weewak, mm -hmm. and we stayed at some guest house there, which is, uh, I learned in Wyoming not to have an expectation for things. Yeah. Because usually they're, either they're not met, or they're like they're very exceeded. Uh, so when we got to, I was expecting kind of sleep on the floor, yep. um, kind of gross place, but we, we ended up staying at a guest house, which was just, it was just a bed and a shower, really. It was, it was nice, but mm -hmm. it wasn't like amazing. Yep. Um, we stayed there for two nights and we didn't really do any ministry. We were kind of just setting up ourselves because we were going to go work, um, in the Angorm district of the, uh, I think it's the East Seabic river, um, with a medical ship from Kona, the Pacific link. Sure. So we we're going to go do ministry with them for a week. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Saturday, we drove up, uh, drove out on a bus for like, it's like a, like a five-hour bus ride yeah. on not paved roads. Um, and we got there, and it was hot in the middle of the day, mm -hmm. and there's tons of kids. Yeah. <laughs> there's mosquitoes. Anyways, so yeah, we saw the Pacific Link, and then we went up to where we're staying, which is an old community center mm -hmm. behind this Catholic church. And it had, had like they don't ever use it. They use it like once a year, I think, for like a meeting. Okay. But it's just run down. And there's rats living and there's mice oh. and just bugs everywhere. And like uh, in Papua New Guinea, they have windows that uh, the windows are like glass panels that can fold down, but they don't completely close. But then most of them are sealed off by like a, a green screen, right? Um, to keep the bugs out. Yep. And they had that on the windows, but they were just trashed and like completely holed up. And then at the ceiling, there's just a big open like. Oh, skylight no. <laughs> it just it was no use anyway so there's tons of bugs in there oh. uh in the first few days uh, i guess we let the kids in and there's just heaps of kids because we're white people so they yeah. well i'm not white but <laughs> but <laughs> the rest of my team is white so You're they would probably come the whitest asian that's that that's possible yeah <laughs> but yeah they would just come and hang out and there's no escape for 
like the first two days, which was which was rough because we would go out uh, at, at like uh, seven or eight in the morning mm. and spend until four in the afternoon doing ministry with the ship. Yeah. And we're in the we're right by the dock, which is it's not really a dock. It's just like a, a cement kind of pier thing that goes off thirty feet from the side of the yeah. <laughs> side of the river. But um, it was just scorching hot, and we would get done, and we'd be all super drained from that. Cause just I mean, even just walking in the in the sun, you just get drained. That's you don't right. have to yeah. do anything. Yeah. And we're just standing there and like dealing with all these people and like trying to get things together, and it was just super draining. Um, and then we get back, and then there'd be tons of kids that we'd have to deal with. So there's just no escape. So I think I think uh, I think I'm a few days in, we made a rule that no kids were allowed in the community center. Yeah. Which was cool. Didn't really help much because they were just right outside, anyways. Yes. <laughs> but um, yeah, that it was it was a great experience. Probably climbing in through the massive hole in the roof or, yeah. or through the, <laughs> no, the windows. Not <laughs> not quite that extreme, but <laughs> but it was it was good. Um, our host there, Raphael, was was extremely nice and. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, did a lot of cool stuff for us. Um, yeah, it was, overall, it was a great experience. Working with the medical ship was just was a, a, a huge blessing mm-hmm. to have to have that kind of support. Well, I mean, we were their support, really, but to have yep. them to support us. Um, and it was nice working with them. And we were with them almost throughout our entire outreach. So mm-hmm. if any of us got sick or, like, uh, say you twist your ankle, you could go talk to one of the staff on board, and they could help you out, giving you medications or kind of fixing you up. So it was, it was nice. really cool. Um Okay, if I could just stop you there, what yeah. what exactly? Um, I'm sure a, a lot of the a lot of the listeners are aware of uh, of what a medical ship would do generally yeah. in uh, offering health services to people that usually don't get them in remote and secluded areas. But um, your team were not necessarily medically trained. No. So, what exactly was your role in the whole process? of uh of this medical outreach in Papua New Guinea yeah so our our team came in to just kind of help with their with their um what they were doing so they would do so this was like they had been on the CPIC for a while Mm -hmm. and so they would go to a place and set up clinics and they have these like pop-up tents that you just throw up and then have a tent for registration and from the registration uh each each person who came in would get kind of sorted and sent to the particular place that they needed to be sent to whether mm-hmm. that was just like general health like if they had cuts or something that needed to be cleaned yeah or um eye care yeah um i think for a little while they had dental dental help but i, I don't think we saw any of that and then uh uh vaccination for babies and other things like that so mm-hmm. we were there just to help um with registration and help in eye care like just sorting people sorting sorting things out for people and just kind of getting them through and then cool. praying for them and then we had other teams who were just kind of kind of doing like a it was like kind of like a schooling thing but not really you just kind of stand with like a a group of pictures and explain to people because a lot of a lot of what the people have there are very preventable things Mm -hmm. like they get sick from not washing their hands or Mm -hmm. um not sleeping with mosquito nets at night yeah so so a lot of it's preventable and they can i mean if they if they fix like a few small things they could change their life um so we we would try and educate them as best as we could with understanding um, of like basic health knowledge, like washing your hands yep. and trying to be as sanitary as possible, um, which was really fun. Uh, again, it was pretty draining, but it was cool because I mean, you, I mean, you could do anything. You could just be standing in a group talking amongst yourselves, yep. and they would just crowd around you because yeah. that's just what they do. Um, I, I for most of the was in charge of the this electronic Bible thing, okay. where you, it was just like a small little setup, 
where they ha gave off a Wi-Fi signal, and then people would come with their if they only worked with smartphones, which yeah. surprisingly a lot of people have mm -hmm. PNG. They just come with the smartphones, and you uh, download like a audio Bible or a yeah, like, Jesus yeah. movie thing. Mm -hmm. So that was that was fun um, doing that. And then you had a lot of people also. You'd have to turn down like, oh, you don't have space on your phone, or you don't have a phone that can do that. Yeah. <laughs> but that was it. Was really cool to do that. And then yeah, that's that's about all we did. We just helped them. Helped them with uh, registration, and then at the end of the week, we helped clean the boat so that they could move on. Cool, um, which was cool too. Cool. And the the Pacific Link is an old fishing vessel. It's uh, from what I understand, my brother was actually on it on uh, on a DTS that he stuffed. I believe it's pretty small. Is that is that right? Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if it. It might be a fishing vessel. It, it's it's older. It doesn't look the. I mean, it's a good looking ship, but it doesn't look the prettiest. Yeah. It, it's pretty worn. Um, it's pretty old. Uh, it's I, I want to say, it's it's just over a hundred feet long. A hundred and ten feet, I think. Is how right. big it is. Okay. So it's it's not massive, but it does have. Uh, one, two, three. I think four or five, uh, decks. That you can okay. Go cool. As far yeah. as like underneath is like people people sleep and then you have your mm -hmm. mess hall and then your normal decks and stuff so right um, okay um okay that's a reasonable size uh did most of the medical services get done on the ship or on the land um most of them were done on the land uh mm -hmm. there there would be some cases I, I think depending on where they where they went to usually they would take the their rib boats yep. and and bring their stuff on land. So most of the clinics were based on land, but cool. if, if need yep. be, they could take people onto the ship. They had a small clinic on the ship as well. Mm -hmm. And would that be for more specialized? Yeah, that that would be more of like looking into something, as far as like or okay. if they. I think if they, I think at one point they had a surgeon. I think they might have done some surgery, right. but I, I I don't know. I wasn't there for that. But okay, yeah. So for the most part, it was uh, basic medical needs, and uh, and that includes cleaning wounds and yeah. And, and preventative um, stuff, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Cool. So, your role was more of a supportive thing yep. for that. Um, and for those of you that that don't know, YWAM Newcastle has a vessel that is in the process of being fixed and refitted and and everything, so that it can be deployed to Papua New Guinea in a few months' time to do something very similar. Mm -hmm. um, the difference being, our vessel, the Ruark, is a lot smaller than the Pacific Link, so there isn't much room for, for onboard things. Yeah. But that probably means it can go further inland. Is, is that... So, um, sorry, further upriver. Is that... Uh, is that kind of the the I idea, would, do you know? I would... I would think so. Um, I mean, it is... It's... it's a, What is it? I think it's 96 feet long is how long the Ruach is. Mm. Um, and it's, but it's not as wide and it's not as tall because yep. it's a sailboat. So... Um, as far as, I think, isn't isn't their purpose more so the smaller islands around PNG mm -hmm. rather than the, which are more more easy accessible for, I think going up the sure. Sepik yeah. would be hard to do with the sailboat. <laughs> but, oh yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> oh, yeah. interesting thing though, the Sepik is a huge river, okay. like miles wide, like you can't sometimes you can't see the other side of the river. Wow, right. Okay. Um, but it's cool because a lot of along, along the outside is just marsh, so if it mm -hmm. if it rains hard or if it storms pretty hard, uh, the marshland will break apart and you'll just have these giant floating islands floating down the river. Wow. <laughs> so it's pretty interesting. You'll be inside. Like one time I was inside the ship, uh, we were in the galley mm -hmm. uh, helping uh, make supper. Um, I just looked out the window. There's just an island floating. <laughs> and I was like, 
Are we moving? But it was, yeah, it's just, just massive. Like, the, the plants just hold themselves together and it just floats down the island. And at one point, one of them got stuck underneath the ship and there was a dog that was stuck on the island and couldn't get off. And so, so some guys went out in a dugout canoe and just went and got the dog, which is hilarious because you don't see that very often, but... It was, it was pretty funny. It, yeah. was, it was pretty cool, though. So they, they went out in canoes to rescue a dog that was stuck on an island, island that got stuck underneath a boat. Yeah, because they, they come down, and the cur- the current's really strong pretty fast. Mm-hmm. And so the islands move quick, but it had gotten under lodged underneath the boat and stuck there. So it was just sitting next to the, That's sitting next so to weird. the boat. But That's so weird. It's something straight out of Paralandro or <laughs> Life of Fi or something. Yeah. But it was That's it was weird. pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, it was the ministry there was awesome, and... You gotta talk to heaps of people and mm-hmm. uh, their culture. They just, if you do something nice for them, they'll just give you things. So you got yeah. lots of little like these bags called billums and fruit, and just all sorts. The of things. the billums are they the things that go around your neck? Yep. They, yeah, they're, they're kind of like kind a of, pouch. Yeah. yeah. On a on yeah. a cord string. Yeah. Can't fit a lot in, but yep. I mean they're very useful for uh, small items. I never carried one because I don't. I just yeah. didn't ever. But I, I actually have one. It's probably in this esky that I have here. Mm, nice. um, I think I I. One stage carried an ocarina in it, as you do. Anyway, <laughs> back to back to Papua New Guinea. Um, yeah. You helped alongside the Pacific Link with mm-hmm. the team from Kona, Hawaii. And then where did you go and what did you do? Um, yeah. So our last day in Angorma was the 28th. And I only remember this because it was my birthday. Yeah. So I, in the morning of... We had breakfast on the ship where they made us pancakes and then a normal cake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we left. Uh, we went back to WeeWack. Um, we we went back and went to this new accommodation. We were staying with these new contacts. Yep. Um, and again, I was expecting not great living conditions. And we mm-hmm. walked in. We walked. I walked up into the flat that we were staying in. And it was beautiful. Like mm-hmm. I was like, I, I, we were just completely blessed. And it was cheaper than the ones we were staying in before, I guess. So yep. it was just it was just amazing to. Yeah, to have that crazy experience of like, man, like I don't think it can get any better. And then mm-hmm. you, you're just completely blessed again. So it's it's very cool. And um, yeah, we, we stayed in WeWAC for the rest of our well for the rest of our time except for a weekend. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, we worked. One of the one of the Kona ship teams had had who had been with the Pacific Link for a while came mm-hmm. back to um, WeWAC as well, and we partnered with them for a lot of our ministry. Uh, we would do like by ourselves. We'd go off to the market because uh, we lived like a 15-minute, maybe not 10-minute drive away from the actual city of Wewak, up yep. in a place called Career Heights. So we would drive down every day. Was oh, well, it a you know, sketchy drive? Uh, no. Actually, it wasn't too bad. It was. It was. It was just yeah. Paved roads. It was oh, pretty nice. Um, yep. The Chinese had built a bunch of stuff for them, so they were pretty set. Cool. Um, yeah. So we'd go down, and there's a marketplace, and there's like, uh, it's just a. It's kind of a business town, so they have. Uh, I think three, three or four streets that have businesses like yep. banks and whatnot. Um, I mean, it's still, it's still pretty crowded. There's lots of people walking around and lots of trash everywhere. But mm. as far as like a, it's it's pretty pretty well off city, I'd say. Cool. Um, so we would do market ministry, kind of walk around the market, just hang out with people, and yeah, just get to know them. Um, we, when we teamed up with the Kona team, we started off in this bookstore mm. called CBM, um, which is which is run throughout all of PNG. I think they have a place in every major city. Cool. Um, and we got to know the, the the head manager there. I don't know if he's the head manager or owner or what, but his name is Walter. Um, and he... I like that name. He's from he's from Germany. All his kids are cool. Walter. Nice. Sure. That, yeah, but, that'd be his name if he's German. <laughs> but, 
Yeah, he was cool, and we helped him. Uh, they had a store, and they have, like, their offices. And we helped in the store. They had a bunch of stock that they needed to move around, which normally, talking to the staff guys, they said it normally take them, like, a week or two to move all that, and we got it done within three days um, with nice. all the people that were there, which is which a huge blessing for them. Um, yeah. They really appreciate that. And then we hung around with them and kind of used their bookstore and their offices like kind of like a base in the city so we could just we could go out and do our stuff and then kind of regroup and mm-hmm. gather um and i got to know uh for me ministry wise i was kind of i kind of focused on uh building relationships with people mm-hmm. um part of the problem i see with short-term missions is that you you go to a place and you can talk with people and pray for them or whatever and then and then after that time is up you leave and they're kind of just left yeah, kind of left, and and so, so what so I sometimes left with even less than they had right. Yeah, they, that could be yeah. Right, yeah, and so what I saw was that if you can build a relationship and disciple someone, and just kind of encourage them what they're doing already, and and kind of build them up. Yep. When you leave, that they're still there to keep keep what you've brought going. Mm-hmm. So that that was my goal. So um, I got to know some of the the bookstore staff really well, the back warehouse guys, um, a guy named Nathan, and then. Um, Joshua and a guy and a, and a security guard named Joseph who gave me a nightstick as a present which if you don't know what a night I'll have to show you those later if okay. you don't know what a nightstick is uh, basically just used to beat pe- beat people with <laughs> they're pretty they're pretty uh, wow. brutal tools of tools of death <laughs> also known as the forget me stick I believe from Megamind it could be yeah. a similar thing yeah <laughs> but um, yeah all the so yeah because like the police there's police and then there's private security yeah um, and the police aren't they're not huge numbers yeah and they're the only ones who have guns and the guns they do have are old but um yeah so they a lot of the security and kind of what people yeah it's like the the police presence mm-hmm. that they have is, is private security and so there right. there's almost private security at every store you go to and they're okay. kind of hanging around the entrance but they're all pretty nice they're not very threatening they're mm-hmm. they're just they're just there <laughs> yeah. but it was cool um yeah with the Kona team we they uh, they had been organizing and with their connections they had been organizing some pretty cool ministry that we probably wouldn't have been able to do on our own um, we did a lot of business ministry um, ministry ministry <laughs> <laughs> um, which was really cool um, because when you do ministry it's not something that you really really think about um, I mean, going to and talking to like the businesses, yeah. right? Because because they have the most effect on the people who live in that town because mm-hmm. they're interacting with them every day. Yeah. So to for us to go in and just kind of bless the day and just talk to them and kind of kind of share what's on our hearts with them and just mm-hmm. yeah, uh, maybe be able to change like how they're thinking about their day. Um, yeah, you can you can kind of change like the whole town through that. So that was yeah. cool. Um, we did that for two or three weeks where we would just go in every morning to different businesses and just. Uh, do like a business devotional and like money or leadership and mm-hmm. stuff like that, which is really fun. I thought that was really that was really cool. Nice, yeah. Um, and then we would also go into to schools, schools, primary schools, and a few elementary schools, mm-hmm. and then, or sorry, uh, secondary schools, and then a few primary schools because right. the primary okay. schools and elementary. Um, yeah. And then we'd also go into these to wards, which is in PNG is like a neighborhood, like a, okay. yeah, just like a like a small area. So that was fun. Uh, you get to hang out and you just meet cool people. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was about as far as our ministry was for the whole time. Oh, and then near the end of our outreach, we went to uh, an island off the off the coast called Kai, Kairu. Some might say it's Kairu. 
depending on the spelling, it's spelled with two U's. So Kairu makes sense, but all the locals I talk to just call it Kairu. Um, so it's a... It sounds like a Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's one of three islands. There's a tiny island that's maybe not even a mile, mm-hmm. it's like a mile wide. It's called um, Robin Island. And there's Mushu, and then there's Kairu. And Kairu's a big island, which is an active volcano. Wow, which is cool. nice. Um, so we, we spent a weekend there hanging out with a family, um, just getting to know them and just doing... There's a small school nearby that we went to. Yep. Um, that was fun. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. It's, it's a cool place. It has a lot of historical um, historical uh, prevalence, mm-hmm. I guess that's the word I'm looking for. Um, during World War II is like a big Japanese base and so wow. like, apparently there's like there's a bunch of uh, leftover Japanese stuff that you can find um, bomb craters bomb bombshells and apparently there's like sunken ships in the harbor that people fish off of because that's where all the big fish swim around these sunken ships at the bottom of the wow. ocean so um, and that's not I mean and we were like in, in the jungles of PNG where like they would have been so it's kind of weird to think about because like, PNG is in a place that you hear of during World War Two, it's usually like mm. the Philippines or. Like, I mean, well, we hear of it in Australia. Oh, true. Yeah, in America, that's not something that uh, the Americans really. Yeah, definitely not. Uh, yep. Were a part of, not not in that like um, area, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was it was inter- It's cool to be to go someplace where like uh, it was it, it happened. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just kind of neat to be to kind of see that history. Um, yeah, but it's yeah. That's that's about all. All of our outreach was kind of hanging out with people and just getting to know them, which was really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, um, <clears throat> let's uh, let's hear a, a couple of stories from from specific moments in yeah. your in your outreach. Um, yeah, there's. We'll talk about one of the guys from the bookstore, um, Joshua. Yep. Yeah, I had just been kind of. I just I like to joke around a lot, so I just joke around with them, and they're. I think they're, maybe. Uh, early 30s yep. uh, as far as their age but I would just kind of mess around with them and just uh, when we were um, throwing heavy boxes around I'd toss a box at them unexpectedly or um, after after we had an open section in the warehouse we'd like hit around a volleyball or whatever but I would just talk to them and joke around with them um, you know I was just talking to Joshua one day and we sat down in the back of the warehouse and we had just got me and another guy had just gotten done with ministry and we were just kind of hanging out and he just completely opened up to us and shared like a majority of his story um, mm-hmm. Uh, which I didn't know that he was expecting a son, which he has two daughters already, so he's expecting wow. a son, which is, I was like, oh, good on you, man. Awesome. Like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and he shared, yeah, just a part of, like, his his past and just, yeah, how he had found the Lord and, yeah, just grown in his relationship. And then I was like, yeah, it's awesome. Just, like, encourage him a little bit. And it was, it was really cool to hear that from him because, yeah, like, the impact you have on people, yeah, you know, it doesn't, it's not always seen right away. Yeah. But it's definitely there. And you kind of, and even if you don't see it, like, you just... It's in God's hands, but yeah, it was really cool to, for him to open up to me like that, and just yeah, it was it was it was cool to experience that. Yeah, I, I, um, I can imagine that's significant. Whenever I've gone somewhere else to do ministry, it's usually been about us. Yeah. If you're the team that goes mm-hmm. somewhere, it's usually your story that you're bringing with you, and right. you have these experiences, and people get to learn from you. Um, and it, I guess, it isn't very often that it gets flipped around and. Mm-hmm. The, the locals yeah. share their yeah. stories with yeah. you and I feel like um, those have been the moments for me because I've had a couple like that where I have felt the most at peace I guess about the whole 
uh, us coming in and then leaving right. type of thing. If if I hear that somebody has a uh, a really solid relationship with God and I don't just see it in action, mm-hmm. but I hear a bit of backstory and I know where yeah. they've come from, then that helps me have a little more faith, I guess, that yeah. that the work that you are contributing to while you're there will continue mm. beyond beyond your small couple weeks mm-hmm. of impact. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly, yeah, it's awesome. And it was, yeah, it's really cool because, yeah, like you said, like you don't hear that feedback very often. It's, mm-hmm. it's more it's like they're, they're here to listen to you, but yeah. in, in a lot of senses, like sometimes you just got to listen to them. Yeah. And, like it's, it's pretty cool to hear that. So that's just, that was one of the stories where they opened up. Um, as far as like some pretty cool miracles, um, me and another guy, uh, Jeremiah, the guy I'm doing the hot sauce shower, yeah. uh, we were... We were in a ward one day. We were just praying for some people. And me me and Renee, who is a Kona guy, mm-hmm. and some other people were just praying for this one guy who was sitting on the ground yeah. um, who is who is blind. Um, and, like, we prayed a few times um, just didn't see any progress. So I think some, some like, we were pretty feeling pretty discouraged. So we're like, uh, mm-hmm. well, like, man, God has good things for you in store. Like, don't give up. And so we kind of all got up and moved on because other people were wanting prayer and stuff. Yep. Um, and I saw Jeremiah sit down. I was like, ah, oh, what the heck? So I went and sat down with him. We were just kind of sitting there praying. Um, uh, so we, yeah. So I'm getting a phone call. I'll just let it go. <laughs> um, yeah, so we were we were just praying. And me and Jeremiah, um, we were just sitting there with a guy and just kind of, yeah, just hanging out with him. And uh, we kept praying. And I just felt, you know, after, we had prayed a few times. And um, I had... I just I had asked him like hey man is it like you, can you see anything is there any progress and he's like no I can't see anything it's like okay we'll just pray one more time and then we'll kind of end it all yeah and so uh, we prayed and I just felt to snap my fingers in front of his eyes and so I snapped my fingers and I was like we we finished praying I was like hey man can you can you see anything he's like he's like no I was like well can you see like small just dots of light he's like oh yeah I, I can see those but like I mean that's that's kind of normal I was like okay. We'll, we'll pray one more time. So I we covered his eyes and I started snapping. Uh, and we finished praying. Uh, and he, he opened up his eyes. And I was like, man, can you see anything? He's like, I can see you guys sitting in front of me. And uh, the entire time we'd prayed for him, even before um, the other group was praying for him, he's just no no facial expressions, just kind of just like this, yeah. like a very basic, uh, I'm sitting, I'm sitting uh, here in yeah. the grass. <laughs> You're praying for me. Yeah. <laughs> Look on his face. And he, he just smiled. I was like, man, that's great. And I reached out my hand. I was like, can you, can you reach my hand? And uh, blind, I don't know if blind people usually can will search around with their movements to find a hand. He just reached right for my hand and grabbed it. And I was like, wow. Uh, and we had, I talked to him a little bit after that. And he, w- he got sick when he was three years old. Mm-hmm. I, I assume with polio because polio usually has some nasty effects when you're a baby. Yeah. But he was blind and he couldn't hear very well after he was sick. And for 23 years, he's been blind. Wow. And then he was able to see us sitting in front of him. And then, yeah, and his name is Solomon. So, yeah, if you're listening, continue to pray for Solomon. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was just an awesome story. And, yeah, that was the first healing that I, that God has done through me as far as praying yeah. for someone. But I, I mean, we've seen, we've like we've heard from other people and seen, um, my other teammates have seen healings from them. So it's, it's just one story. But, man, it's, it was definitely impactful. And it's like, man, like that's that's awesome that that mm-hmm. God does this sort of stuff and like yeah it was pretty cool <laughs> that's awesome so as uh, as a as a wrap up from the whole experience what is what is kind of the main takeaway that you have from your two and a half months mm. doing ministry yeah man I think my main takeaway is just 
be personal with people. Like, mm-hmm. don't. I mean, if you if you're thinking about doing a YWAM DTS or uh, you're thinking about going into short-term missions, when you when you go places, don't have that mindset of like, oh, I'm a missionary. Mm. I'm only going to do ministry on these certain times, or I'm only going to do ministry to a certain select group of people. Like, yeah. build relationship because through relationship is is where you'll see the progress. And yeah, um, yeah, and you might not see it even. You might you might just be like, man, I poured into these people and they. They don't give anything back, but like you're definitely affecting their lives, and like, um, yeah, PNG is a family-based culture. Yeah. So if you're friends with them, you'll become like family, mm-hmm. and they'll treat you like family. And so, um, if you build into like that relationship, that affects their entire relationship with all of their fam, their family of friends or everyone. So. Wow. It's definitely yeah. Without without knowing it, you can you can really reach a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So I I think that's I think relation relational-based interests are definitely mm-hmm. the most key thing. So. Yeah, that's awesome. So you're back in Australia for one week. Mm, yes. Um, when do you when do you head out? I fly out the on Sunday, so the 26th. Cool. And then yeah, I'll be going back. Have a pretty busy schedule. My brother's getting married, and then I might go some other places, and other people are getting married. So I'll be, uh, be flying around a lot. Yeah. <laughs> which is which is okay, but. Yeah, because yeah. your dad's a pilot. My dad's a pilot, yeah. So. Yeah. And and I I enjoy flying, so I'm not too bummed. So. Cool. Yeah. It'll be good. Yeah. All right. That's that's awesome. Um, you have uh, when when did I have you on October? I have, think I had you on. Uh, yeah, I think so. PMK Maybe October. late October. Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. A few weeks into your DTS. Um, so now it's six months later. Mm-hmm. Um, you've come back. You've you've lived life. You've yeah. seen things. You've experienced new cultures. What has DTS been like? as a whole um if if you can sum it up yeah um to to give some people back home a better understanding of what it is as well as maybe encouraging some people if they're considering doing it Mm. yeah i think dts has definitely been an eye-opening experience as far as schooling them yeah revelation and just new truths in my life that i haven't haven't specifically like I guess searched for um, mm. before I came. Yeah. Um, so your perspective on um, on how God works and how your relationship with Him uh, can change your life and change others around you. Um, I think that's that's something that I didn't understand fully when I came. And when I came, when you get that perspective and you're able to do you're able to do that like with other people, like be yeah. friend and um, yeah, it just can change your aspect on on uh, religion and just being a Christian. Yeah. I think that's I think that's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the best job of summing it up, but, <laughs> but for me, I think, yeah, that, that's I think that's what changed for me the most, like my perception. Like, yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just really good. I highly suggest people do it. Um, come to Nui. Nui's a cool base. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, there's a lot of cool base. <laughs> we went to Byron. Byron Bay is an awesome base too. Yeah. But yeah. It was cool. Byron, Byron Bay is loose, man. Um, <laughs> really is. I, I first got. Uh, I, I actually went to an impact summer when I was sixteen. Mm. Um, right after I'd moved town the day before my birthday, which was pretty rough. New yeah. town, no yeah. friends, yay! Uh, went to went to Byron Bay and had an encounter with God that changed my life forever. Yeah. And some some things that happened while I was there were very significant in shaping uh, the choices that I made as far as um, 
relationships that I pursue mm. in the in the future, be that friendships or or even um, uh, heading towards marriage, um, and also my my choices about DTS because mm. my family was a YWAM family originally, and both my brothers did DTS, and I didn't want to because I wanted to be different. But having that experience at Impact Summer in Byron Bay. Uh, where God revealed himself to me was uh, was a significant factor in me deciding to actually go to Brisbane in the first place and do my DTS mm. four years ago now. Um, man, time time flies. Time really flies. Um, so Byron Bay is a, it's a great place. Mm-hmm. Something that I often encourage people um, that, that have done DTS and that are considering doing DTS uh, is that DTS is a great way to deepen your relationship with God and mm-hmm. get a, like you said, a, a perspective change. Yeah. Um, but also it's not the only way. Yeah, right, right, of course. <laughs> uh, it's, it, it's so funny because as humans, we are so inclined to, to I guess, filter everything through our own experience. Mm, so if true. we've had a positive experience in whatever it is, we recommend that. Yeah, and, and that's pretty much all that we see. Yeah, um, and then other people say, "Well, this is pretty much the same thing," and they're kind of loyal yeah. to what they're loyal to. Um, so I've I've had people that I've met, I've told them about DTS, and they said, "That sounds really awesome." I did this, and it was a really awesome experience. And I'm never going to do DTS. So I think the way that we reconcile that is by saying, as long as you're following what God wants you to do, right, right, that's yeah, that's the best thing, and. And I, I, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry, everyone. I'm, we're sitting in in my room here. My window's open, so you've heard the rain and cars going past and stuff. And and we just had a visitor at my Ooh. door. Um. But but we are wrapping it up, so uh, it's yeah. it's not too much longer. We have to endure the background noises. Um. Yes. In in summary of all that, DTS is something that God led. Jake, you and I yeah. both too, um, and he's led me further on in YWAM uh, for the next little while, and and who really knows what's what's uh, what what direction you're going, mm-hmm. but I think I think what we can all agree on is that God has plans, and many of the plans of a of a man, but God determines the steps, right? Right. Yeah. So I think. I think at the end of a DTS, all you can say is, I was where God wanted me to be, and that is the best choice I yeah. could have made. That's true, yeah. Um, so as you go home and as you communicate your story to, to different people, uh, try not to get caught up in the details. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And try not, to, try not to convince people that DTS is the only way. Right. Um, I think the, uh, the main thing that I had learned after my DTS was that not everybody is going to be interested That's true in exactly yeah, what you've yeah. done. Um, <laughs> for a lot of people, it will be enough for you to say, I learned a whole bunch about God and who I am in God and mm. uh, the way that God wants me to interact with other people. Right. And and I have a better understanding of where God is taking me, what direction, and that'll be enough for, you know, 70% of Christians that, yeah. that you talk to about it. and. The, the the other 30 will probably press you for details and those are the ones that 
I think are either hungry to be encouraged or hungry to to learn about mm. what you did specifically and then determine for themselves afterwards whether or not that's the right path for them. Yeah. I think that's that's, that's the beauty of the body of Christ. Right. Really, it's the different strengths in different areas and and we can't say that one is better than another. Right. Yeah, of course. Because we all yeah. need each other to function. So well this this has been episode 60 of of Pastor's Middle Kid. Uh, and this has been Jake Blanker's uh, great return to, to PMK. Um, I, for one, am, uh, I, I have a better understanding of, of what your outreach actually looked like. And I think also the, uh, the culture mm-hmm. of Papua New Guinea. I understand a little bit better. Um, I may end up going there one day. I may not. Yeah. Who knows? If I don't, then I'll probably have to listen to this episode again and try and get myself in your yeah back uh, in your stories but it has been encouraging for me to hear that you've had not only a positive experience but a challenging one that has caused you to grow as well as other people mm-hmm. that you've you've met so I guess thank you for what you did thank you for going to Papua New Guinea and for being obedient and for following God's direction that it it means a lot to the body of Christ and I think it's uh, it's a sad thing if if somebody's sacrifice to do that is overlooked so, yeah um, that's good you're a good man oh thanks you're a pretty good man too man thank you thank you well everybody thank you for tuning in to, to Pastor's Middle Kid um, that that was a little bit more of a of a, a serious uh, end to an episode than than uh, than we're probably accustomed to, but uh, regardless, you can find Pastors Middle Kid on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash Pastors Middle Kid with no apostrophe. They don't really work in URL uh, web addresses. So um, look at that or on Twitter at PMK Podcast, and uh, you will probably hear some uh, some fun movie reviews coming up in uh, the next week or two so keep an ear out for that and tell your friends about this podcast tell your friends uh, and family and uh, leave a review on iTunes apparently that helps and subscribe on iTunes it's a it's always a good thing to do so uh, that's enough of a shameless bumbled plug um, sorry about all that folks but hopefully you'll tune in next time this has been Pastor's Middle Kid. It's great to have you listening. Goodbye.